0: Doctor is in the house, and today there are two doctors in the house. Welcome, everyone, to Doctor Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, for episode 403 today with the uh, our very very special guest, Doctor William Wong. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And I do, again, want to thank uh, uh, the people over at Feedspot. Uh, They have, again, selected our uh, program to be in the top 50 doctor podcasts on the web. So thank you at Feedspot. You can see their list at blog.feedspot.com. Secondly, I do work. I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude because grateful people are happier and they are less depressed. They are less stressed. They are more satisfied with their social relationships and with their lives. So our goal, one of our goals as we move forward during these trying times is to replace panic attacks and fear attacks with love attacks because we know gratitude has a so many physiological actions in our body as regarding uh, even the serotonin, dopamine, all kinds of great uh, effects on the immune function, our blood pressure. So along with gratitude, I'm going to keep insisting that we use our logic and imagination, our two most formidable individual powers, <laughs> logic and imagination. The logic is grounding and it's stabilizing. It allows you to analyze a situation and, and see whether it 's valid or not, and we need your imagination to keep you soaring so enough with that, I just want to thank uh, Mr Frank polioffko last week uh, he, We very well received his information on uh, what to do before as the ambulance is arriving and uh, his credentials and his speaking uh, attest to that so today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Dr. William Wong, uh, the he's he's, be, he's a real great friend of the show. He's probably I think he was one of my first guests when I started six years ago. He's a classical naturopath. He's a Ph.D. exercise physiologist, a certified athletic trainer. And if I kept going on, we would use up all our time. He is just a, a prolific writer. Uh, you he, he he can speak to you in terms you will understand. I have a new nickname for him after our last show. I call him now Dr. Lucky after uh, hearing everything he's been through. Uh, so today we're going to talk about exercise. And uh, if you want, you can take notes. Uh, this is not our normal Podbean uh, platform, but I I will give you a number. For, and if we have time later on, we'll take some, some questions. And that number would be 914 205 Five four seven two, And so without any further uh, introduction, we'll, Dr. Dr. Wong uh, will uh, explain his uh, his resume. And I must say, he does have some great podcasts. And uh, and I think now they're on BitChute, as is Dr. Ron. Uh, I'm on there, too, BitChute. And uh, I have given up my YouTube channel, but he has not. So he, I want him to talk about that. And uh, let's get on with it. Dr. William Wong, how are you, sir?
1: Howdy. Howdy. Thank you for having me on.
0: My pleasure. So, Will, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your, your background uh, uh, and what you do and a little bit about your company and your websites, and then we'll get on to talk about the subject at Handy, uh, aerobic, anaerobic exercises, and... Uh, and cardio, uh, you know, cardiopulmonary strength training. So if, I'm going to turn it over to you sure. now, Dr. Wong.
1: Oh, all righty. I started off in sports medicine at Brooklyn College. I was a student athletic trainer. Uh, got my bachelor's degree in physical education with a specialization in sports medicine. Went into naturopathic right after that and my emphasis was applying naturopathic to sports medicine uh got another degree in exercise physiology uh let's see then uh got got another doctorate you know i, <laughs> I actually l- let me tell you a little little story here i always, I, I know i always goes all go off on these, these little stories i was a high school dropout and i dropped out of high school and i got my my GED. So uh, I was bored poopless in high school. So dropped out, joined the Marine Corps and often did a few fun things. But I've been making up ever since proving that I'm smart by gathering paper. I've just been gathering PhDs. When I started working on my fourth one, somewhere in the middle of it, I went, wait a minute, I've got enough paper on my (laughs) wall now. I don't have to chase anymore. So I stopped. But uh, I've got a very good background in exercise. I ran one of the first executive health and fitness centers in Wall Street. I worked with the, uh, 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 I've worked i with, worked with, with pros through the uh, Lenox Hill Sports Medicine Center back 40 years ago. Uh, I've done all sorts of stuff, both with everything from professional athletes, Olympians, to peewees.
0: Well, you, you know, I, you've, you've been very impressive. Your writings have been impressive. Uh, you were the one that pointed out to me, uh, uh, Dr. Kenneth Cooper recant of his, uh, aerobic, uh, formula. And, uh, I had, yep. I had seen Kenneth Cooper a bunch when of people I was dying there. to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you pointed it out. And because it really yeah. didn't make uh, the news any place that everybody else would read. So I want to thank you for that. And, uh, uh, you know, you're on top of it. That's all I can say.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I would like to think that that I have changed the face of exercise somehow. Uh, I think I have, but only because people have told me so. Uh, I throw a pebble in the water and I have no idea where, where the ripples are going to go. But years ago I wrote an article with research references and with clinical experience references the article was titled how to avoid a heart attack by doing less aerobic exercise and that article was picked up by uh, a cardiologist in Florida who's opened up a really big cardiovascular center there and based his exercise routines on stuff that I recommended it was picked up by a bunch of, of personal trainers in uh california and then around the country and then it became quite the in thing to do and i'm I'm, I'm scratching my head going gee did did i start this and then i uh the 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 uh publisher of dragon door who co-wrote the books for that cardiologist in california wrote me and thanked me for giving that guy the idea and uh, no. the uh, I, I I had trainers from all over the country write me and, and and thank me for for fixing their notions of what uh aerobic of the 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 place of aerobic exercise is the place of strength training and the place of of uh, interval training versus uh just plain old uh get on the road and do aerobic training so I I would like to think that uh, I have started the correction that needed to be done in terms of cardiovascular exercise uh, a number of years ago, back in the early 2000s. And I'd like to think that that took and carried on.
0: Well, you definitely have had a, uh, uh, an influence. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I hear it all the time from, from listeners, listeners. Uh, uh, and they and you have we have not even uh, used all your expertise on uh, any of our podcasts about exercise, about that article you, uh, that you wrote about uh, how to keep from having a heart attack. I mean, uh, that that was uh, a leading a, lead, a leading article. Uh, everybody was running and wondering about their cholesterol levels, and and we were we weren't realizing people were dying. They were dying in great yeah. shape. They were in good shape, though. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> they they made great looking corpses, didn't they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, time off for good behavior, I yeah. guess. But they. And uh, so, why, why don't we get into it? Maybe explain to the audience sure. about aerobic and anaerobic, and we should really talk about you know duration of exercise, uh, <clears throat> and and maybe at, at the end, maybe even how I have seen cases of rhabdomyolysis my from. You know, old farts of getting on a bicycle and becoming a weekend warrior. So uh, Oh yeah. There are... yep, yep. Oh gosh. Right. That is
1: such a scary condition to treat.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. v- let, let Let's start with, with the with the definitions. Aerobic exercise is exercise where your heart rate and your breathing rate increase and work to a a a a, a training level we used to call it threshold heart rate but now uh, someone came by in the 70s and called it training heart rate the theory is to get between X and X in terms of heartbeat and stay there for a minimum of five minutes to get a training effect on the heart somewhere along the line they took the work of dr. Tom Curitan at the University of Southern Illinois He found that it took 16 to 20 minutes worth of work in order to begin to wear away arterial plaque. They sort of kind of uh, misunderstood what he was saying, and then they started saying that you didn't get any cardiovascular conditioning at all unless you worked out for at least 16 to 20 minutes. And then they made it go even further than that, and you you know how, how, how people are you get the folks who, who take a simple diet idea and turn it into a religion. You get the folks who take a simple exercise idea and also become anal retentive and turn it into a religion. So all of a sudden, all the manic compulsives took the aerobic idea that you had to work at least 16 to 20 minutes and they started saying, oh, well, you got to do marathons. You got to do mini, marath- mini marathons. It doesn't work unless you do a, a 5K. You got to do this. You got to do that and they started throwing their own psychological, let's call it corpse into it. And you know, if you've ever treated marathoners, triathletes, and endurance athletes, like, like distant cyclists, they're absolutely freaking nuts. They are the most, the, they're, they're very driven. Yes. But they're also extremely self-destructive. Uh, for example, Marathoning has been known to cut off the the circulation to the intestines, causing death of the intestines, in which case the the athlete has to be taken to the hospital. Part of his bowels have to be removed, and then he he has to carry on from there. Distant swimmers kill their kidneys. They have shortened lifespans because their kidneys shrink from all the time that they spend in the water and they don't pee, Uh, 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 etc. Cyclists that damn bicycle seat kills their prostates and causes prostate and testicular cancer just from the irritation and inflammation. But they swear that that's the only seat they can wear, you know, use rather. So, you know, all these guys put in the, their, own, their own psychological stuff so that endurance athletes became absolutely unbearable to work with and impossible to treat because they wouldn't take any of your treatment advice. Because if it didn't fit into their into their manic compulsive parameters they didn't want to hear about it until until the gurus of of endurance training guys known as jim fix and dr john sullivan all of a sudden in the middle of runs dropped dead and all the running maniacs tried to say oh he had a he had a heart condition uh the the, that was congenital and he had a malformation in his valves, and he had this he he had nothing of the sort he gave himself inflammation of the heart and inflammation of the vascular system by overdoing it and he died he just had a heart attack you might remember there was a, a kid named terry fox up in canada who had survived cancer back in the late 70s and then to celebrate and raise money for cancer research He ran across Canada. He basically did the equivalent of a marathon a day. Uh, What happened to him is that he got cancer all over again and he died. Why? Well, the reason why is that every time you do a serious day of exercise, you have three days of immune dysfunction. So... Ideally, you should give yourself a day of exercise and a day of rest, a day of exercise and a day of rest. Since exercise is a stimulus response mechanism, we give out the stimulus, and then we need to have the body rebuild and respond. But marathoners and uh, triathletes and endurance athletes don't do that. They constantly give themselves a stimulus, never give themselves the time to respond, which is the reason why they all look like they just came out of a Siberian concentration camp. And uh, so when Fox ran across Canada, killed off the system that was keeping his cancer at bay. I mean, most everyone gets cancer twice. Most everyone survives the first bout, but the second bout gets them. And he gave himself the second bout of cancer, and he died from it. And basically, he, 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 he pulled the trigger by you know killing his own immune system by running a marathon every day. So that began to tell the the people who were running and and jogging all the time that there was something wrong. The second thing that started telling these people that they were doing something wrong was the fact that they were wearing out their hips, they were wearing out their lower backs, they were wearing out their knees, they were wearing out their ankles. And uh, I took care of folks who were in the top five amongst the runners of the New York Marathon. And – of those folks that I used to take care of, most of them are either crippled or in, 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 in wheelchairs right now. They're wow. mind running 26 miles. Uh, so, you know, there was a price to pay for all that manic compulsiveness that got tacked onto aerobic work. Let me tell you what Carvonen, who was the primary researcher in aerobic exercise, found. He found that it took... Once you started working out, it took two minutes to get to threshold heart rate, to get to a heart rate at which your heart would start getting stronger from the exercise that you were doing. And then you only had to hold it there for five minutes to get a training effect. Uh, Cooper found about the same only. He said eight minutes. Okay, so it's seven to eight minutes in order to get a benefit from cardiovascular exercise. How did that become an hour and a half worth of marathoning? Hmm. People started taking the research, twisting it around. People who never did uh, studies in exercise, like Cooper, started butting his nose in. And, you know, just, just because the guy a, is a well-known cardiologist doesn't mean he knows his ass from his elbow about exercise. He never studied it. They don't teach exercise in med school. So, you know, it, when, when, when he started doing his research, he slipped. Since he was a marathoner, he slanted it towards marathoning. And all, all of a sudden, everyone had to do marathoning. The, the 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 gods, the initial researchers in cardiovascular exercise were the Swedes, the Danes, the Finns, all the, all the Scandinavians. And they found that 16 to 20 minutes should be tops. Right now, Cooper says that anything over three miles three times a week is done for, and I quote him, reasons other than fitness. In other words, you're freaking nuts. yeah. And you're manic impulsive and you just have to, you know, go out and do things. Okay, so let's talk about anaerobic exercise. Anaerobic exercise is a short bout of exercise done in very for like a minute or two, no more than that. It's almost like a bout of boxing. You do a lot of effort and then you kind of hang around and idle, let your engine run, but but you don't stop. And then you, you have another very fast bout of exercise, and then you just kind of cut it and hang, hang around and stop. A good example would be getting on a bicycle, setting the resistance fairly up high so you, you got the gears down low, and sprinting, sprinting for, a, let's say, a half mile on a bike, and then just riding your bike around just nice, slow, easy-pleasy, for another minute and just taking it easy and doing another sprint and then spending another minute taking it easy, taking it nice and slow and then doing another one. So this kind of interval work is very specific to the way human beings actually work. I'll give you an example. There are many examples of policemen who have had to go after chasing bad guys, okay? And in that initial rush from inaction being behind the wheel of a car. To running and climbing fences and jumping over things to get to the bad guy, very well-trained aerobic uh, policemen have had heart attacks and died. Why? Because the training that they did did not get them ready for that sudden burst of action and movement, and every and and the the adrenaline levels that have to happen in order to do that type of anaerobic. Training now, anaerobic training can strengthen your aerobic capacity better than aerobic training can. If you were walking outside of your house to post a letter and the mailman had just passed by, and you ran down to the next mailbox to catch him and hand him the letter, that's an example of anaerobic work. If you're playing with your toddler and your toddler all of a sudden, you know, you turn around to say few words to your neighbor and you you turn back and your toddler is halfway down the block and you got to run, run after it. That's an example of anaerobic work. So anaerobic work fits fits into the way human beings actually live their lives and the actual cardiovascular stresses that we have in our lives. We don't, you know, go out and run for an hour. No one ever does that in terms of your activities of daily living but we do have a lot of sudden start and stops that we have to do to go run and get your dog out of the middle of the street or anything else. So the, 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 what, what we found is that the, the types of exercise that are closer and relate better to our activities of daily living have a better, uh, uh, chance of both extending your lifespan, making you stronger, maintaining your frame and your body, maintaining your ability to do things and keeping you in the ability to do the activities of daily living longer in your life. Uh, As I said, all the runners, all the distance runners that I've taken care of are crippled or dead. The, the, the weightlifters, except for one are all still alive. The, 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 the anaerobic people, the, uh, uh, the, the, the sprinters, the milers, the uh, 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 sprint canoers, uh, the other anaerobic exercise folks that I've taken care of, they're all still alive, and they're fairly healthy, even though some of are, them are, are pretty old. So it, 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 we should look for the exercise types that enhance our life, enhance our ability to do the, our activities of, of daily living, and those, <clears throat> excuse me, those should be the things that we concentrate on.
0: So, Dr. Wong, is it, would you say that you, you, the health benefits of anaerobic exercise, uh, you know, the, the building of your muscles and so forth, uh, uh, you can improve your cardiovascular health also, just like aerobic exercise? So maybe the oh, gosh, anaerobic yeah. exercises do both yeah. for you?
1: yeah let let me give you an example. It's called uh, Peripheral Heart Training pht. It was developed back in the 1960s by might have been an exercise physiologist out of the uh, universe, uh, excuse me out of, out of the YMCA in Chicago. Uh, oh what was his his name? He was also a Mr. Mm. Universe in Mr. America. I'm sorry, oh, no. I forgot his name. But if, if uh, he developed something that later Arthur Jones applied to his nautilus machines. OK? So you go on one nautilus machine and you work to failure, you work till you can't do anymore, then you jump onto the next machine, and you work on that machine till you can't do anymore, and then you, you, you jump onto the next machine. Your heart rate went up on the first machine. It's not going to come down until 50, 20 minutes later when you get off the last one. And then you kind of stumble to a chair or stumble to a sofa and catch your breath and let your muscles get all untangled and recover. You just worked your heart and worked all of your muscles at exactly the same time, gaining a benefit to both your structure and your cardiovascular pulmonary system. And you didn't have to go out and, you know, run 26
2: miles. Yeah,
0: so so that 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 goes to what else I'm thinking about is the weight training. Uh, uh, in addition to the interval high intensity training, uh, fit Single, into yes. the anaerobic, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So let's say you 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 do have an exercise cycle, and you cycle hot and heavy for thirty to thirty to sixty minutes seconds, and then you rest for one or two minutes just cycling lightly and then you do another interval and you do at least four intervals because that'll equal about seven, eight minutes time. So, uh, uh, interval on interval off interval on interval off interval on interval off, et cetera. You do that for seven or eight minutes and then you go off and you do your regular old weightlifting without the PHA without the, uh, the, uh, 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 peripheral heart action. Uh, both of those things together will have strengthened your cardiovascular pulmonary and your structural muscles so that you've got everything. The one thing that aerobic training used to do is it used to exclude structural muscular training as if it wasn't important. Oh, your heart's the most important thing. You've got to get your engine straight. You've got to get your engine strong. Well, you know, you can have a Mack truck engine inside a Volkswagen body and that little Volkswagen bug is gonna rust all out <laughs> and break apart. And yeah, you know, that, that engine's not gonna do you damn bit of good if you can't reach up in the cupboard for a for for for, for a cup to fill with coffee. <clears throat> and that's that's exactly what happened to all the distant runners and the marathoners. They, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you can run twenty six miles if you can't wipe your ass.
0: Right. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I belong the two gyms, uh, one here at the uh, seniors, uh, senior community that I live on, and I see people on the uh, – well, I don't go there anymore because they want you to wear a mask, and, I, and to me it's just asinine to exercise with a mask on. But That's, that's a whole show <laughs> yeah. because I sort of need my oxygen at my age. <laughs>
3: but they're yep. on, the, on, totally. on the
0: treadmill for an hour and, uh, you know, reading their uh, Kindle. And they say, "Wow, what a workout!"
1: <laughs> yeah, think of, think of all the cyanosis you just gave yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: wonderful. But
0: but I mean, I so so um, I I really appreciate that that uh, there's examples. But how about in a practical uh, area about warm-ups and repetitions? Is, is there something? Let, let's start out with seniors because this show is is heard by a lot of seniors. Uh, maybe some some typical workout for a senior either. Uh, that he can do with or without, uh, uh, equipment.
3: Okay. Any,
0: th- any uh, ideas?
1: Let's look. Let, well, without equipment is a little hard. Uh, so let's, let's look for the, the least, uh, invasive, uh, actually there's a word that I, that I'm looking for, uh, the least injurious Good. form of exercise to the body ever invented. And it's called the Cardio Glide. They don't make them anymore, but if you go on eBay, you'll still find some. Uh, I found a Cardio Glide, perfect condition. It had been a store model, for really cheap, and I snatched it up as soon as I could, because you know I've got, oh, gosh, how many aerobic gliders have I had? Uh, I've, I've owned like like three aerobic gliders. I've got, I've owned two or three recumbent cycles. My wife bought one of those cycles with the with the uh, uh, picture tube on it, where you could do the the the, the Tour de France thing. It's really silly, but uh, yeah. And uh, we have all sorts of aerobic machines, but invariably they will begin to wear down your joints. The Schwinn Airdyne was a great exercise machine to do upper and lower body strength work with, and do cardiovascular with and it wasn't all that wearing down on the joints but by far the safest uh aerobic or, or cardiovascular exercise form that also worked the muscles of the of the frame and did not wear the joints down was the cardio glide it was made by a company called Wesco, but they were the westco also made uh the same thing under uh uh, uh I think it was. Uh, oh heck! Uh, Wasn't that Nordic ski, the, ski trainer this, or something? Yeah, for uh, very just different companies. Right now, I'm trying to think of the company that invented Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer because they made them for them. And I, I they're, they're a, a chain like like Sears, and they 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 closed down. I don't remember the name of the firm, but I remember Rudolph.
0: Ah. I, I don't uh, know. But, is, you know the, the one in New York it, City, the the big one that closed down.
1: No. Oh, uh, oh, gosh. No, it 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 not not F A O Schwartz. Uh, it was a, a a chain store, just just like Sears. And for, for now, I I just can't remember. But it it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Westlow made made all the cardio glides for all the companies that sold it, and they also sold it under their own name. So just look for Cardio Glide. So anyone looking to do a good bout of exercise that doesn't wear their joints down and that still gives them cardiovascular exercise and muscular strength exercise, and they're kind of limited and they're limited in capacity, and they're, let's say a person's really beaten up and broken down, and I'm, I'm in that category if you've ever heard about all my spinal injuries and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I went and found myself a Westlow cardio glide. You know, I've got a gym full of equipment. Uh, But the Westlow cardio glide is one of my prized pieces of exercise gear because it doesn't hurt me. And it works all of the major muscles. Now, here's a principle. The principle was uh, uh, thought up by, an exercise fellow named, uh, 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 no, it wasn't DeLorme. Uh, He was an orthopedist. Uh, Give me a second. Uh, He was the head of the Naval Human Performance Laboratory at Quantico, and I'm always quoting his his work. I'll remember sometime, but okay. The principle is this. Seventy percent of the muscles in the upper body pull. Seventy percent of the muscles in the lower body push. Think of a baby crawling across the floor. He's pushing with his lowers and pulling with his uppers. Okay, so if you find the most important, the, the, the pulling exercise that works 70% or most of the muscles in pulling, and then if you find the pushing exercise that works most of the muscles in pushing, then you've worked most of the body. The Westlow Cardio Glide, uh, the handlebars pull like a seated row. So you're working your lats, your 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 mid-back muscles, the traps, rhomboids. You're working your rotator cuff. You're working your bicep and all the 12 other elbow flexors. You're working the lateral and posterior heads of the deltoid. You're working your spiny erectile, staying up and pulling back on the bar. On the lower body, you're basically doing a leg press or a squat. You're working your gluteals, thighs, your inner groin muscles. And if you point your feet, you're actually also working your calves. So you've got – you're working the major pulling muscles in the upper body, which is 70% of the upper body. You're working your major pushing muscles in the lower body, which is 70% of the lower body. The only thing you've got left to do are abs, which you can do separately doing crunches or sit-ups or whatever else you want to do. So you work your heart and most of your body at the same time on this one gizmo. And I have no idea why it went out of favor. Probably because hmm. folks wanted uh, another fancier gizmo. But t- to my mind, especially for seniors, it is the perfect piece of exercise gear. Now, Westlow tried to make it a little fancier, and they made a version where they, the handlebars pushed instead of pulled, which was okay. But they wound up screwing with the long head of the bicipital tendon there. And probably causing a lot of shoulder tendonitis, uh, which probably knocked folks out of exercise. You know, the bench press knocks older weightlifters out of weightlifting because the bicipital tendon either tears or calcifies. You have to have surgery done, done on it. And it, 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 it turns into a horror where you, you, it, it makes it hard to even reach up and adjust your glasses.
3: So we okay. have to be
1: careful in what we do as we get older
0: so so that so that with maybe walking uh, as you get older would be uh, well you... that
1: depends on whether your knees can take it it depends on whether your lower back can take it i know that that folks are forever saying well you got to do weight bearing exercises so go walk for a half mile or you know whatever right uh yeah, well that might work for the lower extremity but what are you going to do for your upper you going to walk on your hands for half a mile
0: Exactly. Well, that's that's why I'm bringing that out. You still need, you still need to 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 exercise the big muscle groups, the arms and the legs. Right? Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. We need to work the muscles that we use in our activities of daily living, and because those are the things that you know, if you're ever hanging off the edge of a of a ledge because you, your your car went off a cliff and you're basically hanging <laughs> on for for dear life, or you're hanging on to a fire escape because your apartment's on fire. And, you know, the fire escape is old and rusted and started giving way, and you're hanging onto to that ladder by your hands. <laughs> for dear life, it's your lats, your grip strength, and the other things that are going to save your ass. So th- there are a lot of reasons to maintain the strength in your upper body and your lower body, but there are very few ways to actually go about doing it without equipment. Uh, for example... Okay. One of the easiest things to do for, for uh, upper body exercise is to put a chin-up bar up on your door, but you lay down on the floor, face up, you reach up, and wherever your fingertips touch on the door frame, that's where you put the chin-up bar. So you put the little brackets that hold the chin-up bar there. And then while you're laying on the floor, try to keep your body straight. Get, your, get, get, get the bar to right about chest level, just underneath your clavicles, reach up with your palms facing your face and try to pull yourself up onto the bar. That'll work 70% of your upper body. And then if you try to do push-ups, that'll work the other 30% of your upper body and bingo without almost any exercise gear, you can work the torso muscles. And then if you do chair squats, you, you, you put a chair behind yourself, You spread your feet about uh, wider than shoulder-width apart. You turn your knees and your toes out to about 40 degrees. Put your hands on your hips. Squat down until your fanny just touches. Don't sit on the chair. Let it just touch the chair and come right back up again. You can do chair squats until your thighs get really tired and then sit on the chair for a minute or two, rest, and then do it all over again. Two or three sets of as many reps as you can do. The same thing with the uh, doorway chin-ups. Or the and the and the push-ups, two to three sets of as many reps as you can do, and that in just a short time, six to eight weeks, you'll see a difference not only in your strength but in your physique as well.
0: Great, great advice. I'm I'm, I'm liking that right now. I think our, our listeners like it too. That's that's, that's uh, with minimal amount of uh, equipment and uh, and and a minimal amount of time, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, you know, the older we get, the less sets we should do. You see all the bodybuilders doing five and ten sets of stuff. Okay, you're teen, you, you, you've, got, you've got testosterone out the, out the wazoo, you've got all this drive, you've got all this energy, your, your thyroid's still working, and you're all, you know, hyped, hyped up there. Yeah, that's fine. As we get older, two to three sets tops. Delorman and Watkins, who were two orthopods, who did the first research on, on on strength training back in the 1950s sort of kind of made a statement that I'm going to paraphrase if the goal of your exercise cannot be done within three to four sets it cannot be done mm. if what you're trying to do with the exercise any exercise can't be done in three to four sets worth of that exercise you're doing something wrong
0: yeah and I, I hope I hope people listen to this because <coughs> Excuse me. I just see people uh, on the different machines, the uh, biceps, triceps, uh, you know, just hogging the machine for 15, 20 minutes and no weights at all. And just just going through motions. And they think they're having a workout and I, I can't get through to them.
1: That's based on the old tonnage theory. The old tonnage theory says that if you move one pound 500 times, it'll get you ready to move 500 pounds once. You, we, you, and I know that's both that, that's blatantly ridiculous. But the tonnage theory took on so much weight. Ha ha ha! Yeah, that it, 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 it was actually used by the Olympic training folks in the '68 Olympics. And if you take a look at the stats, our strength athletes did worse in that Olympics than <laughs> any other Olympics ever. They all wow. oh, they they crashed right through the floor. <clears throat> with, with with a couple of exceptions and, and then all the other sports that that were trained with that idea in mind that that training scheme absolutely failed. The people who do lots and lots and lots of reps with almost no resistance, you'll find they have very stringy muscles. They look ugly. They, 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 they are, they are stringy. They, they look like, like, like concentration camp victims, actually a slightly more muscular, but they've got this this gauntness this this leanness to them this this stringiness to them and, and to their muscles that that really just is extremely unattractive
0: okay let's 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 jump to the senior that goes to a fitness center in his community or one that he belongs to in his neighborhood um Typically, uh, is there a program, do you like people to warm up on a bicycle, a treadmill, stretch, or before they do any uh, anaerobic, do you, do, you, do you like aerobic exercise first or last or combined? Do you have a, do you have a, uh, a program you'd like to share?
1: You know, that's, that's actually a personal preference. Folks have tried uh, warming up and some people's warm-ups or other people's workouts. Uh, folks have, have demanded that, that people stretch before they work out, which is like taking licorice out of the refrigerator and trying to stretch it without, you know, warming it up yeah. first. Uh, so there are all sorts of stuff back when I ran that executive fitness center, stretching was the last thing you did after your muscles were nice and warm and pliable after you've gotten the mycoplasm to the point where it wasn't refrigerated and it was <laughs> nice and, and. Uh, and, and lo- loosey-goosey, like, you know, you, you don't stretch taffy until you warm it up, right? Uh, war- uh, stretching cold muscle can oftentimes lead to muscle tears. That's the last thing I wanted to do with my guys. But uh, the, the subject of warm-up can be very, very heated. Some people need a very long warm-up, and basically because they don't have mus- much of a vascular bed. That's kind of my personal opinion. It can also be because they have some sort of a psychological barrier to exercise, and they really don't want to get into it. Uh, So they have to psych themselves up by warming up a lot first. What we found in actuality is that the folks who have a short or no warm-up, like I never warm up. My first set of anything is my Uh, warm-up. The folks who don't warm up have larger, stronger muscles than the folks who do. Why that happens, I don't know. I could. I have never come up with a physiologic mechanism as to why that happens. It's just an observation. Uh, but the 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 uh, you can warm up all sorts of different ways. It's, uh, let's say you you start uh, interval work. Okay, your first interval isn't balls to the wall. It's just kind of halfway there. You're not you know all the way in third gear doing 110. You're in you're in second gear doing fifty, and that's okay. And then your subsequent intervals can be balls to the wall in third gear, going 110 miles an hour. That's fine. So that was your initial warm up. Uh, with me, when uh, I always went straight into weight training, so let, and my my first exercise used to be chin ups or weighted chin ups. So let's say the the first set I would do uh, 20 or on reps with no weight. Then I'd throw 75 pounds on, and I'd do 7 to 10 reps for the next two sets. So, you know, the, the, the first set was my was warm-up. Uh, so, in the, again, warm-up is a very individual thing. Some folks need it. Some folks don't. But I don't advise stretching until after your muscles are nice and warm and pliable because you really don't want to stretch cold licorice or taffy.
0: That's, that's a good analogy, Dr. Well. So, is, I'm sorry, let me just summarize about anaerobic because I, I think it's been neglected, especially in my age group and the, and the seniors. Uh, uh, everybody wants to, is walking, riding a bike, and that, that's dangerous now with balance and whatever. But a, anaerobic yeah. exercise, ladies and gentlemen, and Dr. Will will jump in if I say something wrong here. You, you will burn calories. If you're interested in burning calories, anaerobic exercise will do that. It'll improve your cardiovascular health just like aerobic exercise. And you know, what what I like about it is you'll create muscle mass and this resistance training will also help you gain bone mass and bone density. And what do we need as we get older? We need stronger bones. And you know, on on the metabolic side, uh, from what I've read, this resistance training can improve your blood glucose control, help your body use insulin and blood sugar more efficiently and as a, as a icing on the cake, you know, you have, it should improve and can improve your your mood and your cardiovascular health, just the way aerobic exercise does. Uh, is, do, you, do you have any problem with that, Dr. Will?
1: Absolutely not. You've stated it beautifully. Beautifully. I left out the bone part. I'm sorry. You know, no, it's okay. bone <laughs> is, is is dependent. The, the density of bone is dependent on the mass of muscle above it. <clears throat> the usual definition for wolf 's law is, is uh, that bone density necessitates uh, 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 oh heck uh, weight weight bearing isn't exactly correct. The Russian medical definition and the Russian uh, exercise physiology definition is much more correct that uh, mineralization of bone happens along axial lines of stress. In other words, if you don't stress the bone, then the bone doesn't get mineralized, which is a much better way of thinking about it because that's, it's, it's closer to the way the bone actually works. So if we pull on a bone, if we tug on a bone, if we yank on a bone, if we push on a bone, then the bone will be stimulated to mineralize and remineralize.
0: And,
3: as we get older, yep. ladies
0: and gentlemen, we need that yep yep uh, and uh you know and 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 our cores uh, need to be strong so that we don't fall and and lose our balance and uh I see so many i, I live in a community we're sorry to say there are a lot of uh eighty fives and above which is good to say, really, but they're falling all the time, they have- you know bandages on their elbows on their knees uh but you never see them in the gym. You never see them walking, uh, you know. Uh, so that, that's why I wanted to bring up the, the, the subject of exercise today. I mean, the kids need it. I mean, I've had my children in the gym since they were in grade school. Uh, but as, as we get older, we, I think we need it more. Uh, yes. For, for the reasons you've been hearing.
1: What you do know, you think? From, 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 from 50 on... We lose 10% muscle mass a year until by the time we hit 60, we're at bare bones minimum muscle mass to move ourselves around. With men, it's a little better because we have a slightly higher testosterone level, but from 45 on, we start losing our testosterone. So, you know, that's kind of a moot point also because we (laughs) men become estrogen dominant. And after 45, we've got more estrogen in our systems than our wives do. So estrogen is catabolic. Estrogen is the hormone of fibrosis and death. Estrogen is the hormone that causes us to lose our muscle mass, which causes us to lose our bone density, because you can't have bone density without muscle mass. And estrogen is what causes the internal organs to grow fibrosis and shrink and diminish in function. So all that is the part of the planned obsolescence of the human body to get get us off the planet we're not supposed to be here after we can't make babies anymore you know the, uh the uh the cavemen and, and the paleolithic men and then the neolithic and uh, all the middle-aged people old age was 40. if they made it to 50 they were considered to be really old and in jesus's time in the middle east if you made it to 70 you were considered to be dead when when jesus said uh uh you know uh, uh let the dead be amongst the dead or, you know, whatever. Uh, He meant those over 70, because that's what it meant in Hebrew times. So we're we're very lucky that we're living to the ages that we're living to now, but we really have to do the things to maintain the structure in order for to, to have a life that isn't just laying in bed, getting your diapers changed, and 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 watching game shows.
0: Well, I mean that this this is why we're bringing this information to you ladies and gentlemen. This is Dr. Ron, the host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored with our special guest Dr. William Wong who uh, has never said no to uh, using his time to be on this podcast to bring you information. So, you know, like he said, we're, our lifespans have been increasing, but our health spans have not. And uh, we have to work on that. That's my, uh, my opinion. Anyway, we have to be healthier in those later years, uh, not just in an assisted living facility or in a bed. Uh, we have to, to take advantage of, of what we've learned in the past. So, um, Okay, so we we you know the, we have to exercise and and don't be afraid of, of going to a coach or a trainer and 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 getting a a workout program, you know and and it does and, and it's not like it used to be years ago where you just you know hop on a treadmill and run on that for a half hour then go on the bike and then go into, into whatever, you know as we get older we need to maintain our muscle mass and so we do that through weight training through anaerobic training. Now, there are some things I don't want you to go crazy about, just like with uh, the aerobics, because too much strenuous exercise may shorten your life. I mean, there's a lot of studies out there. Um, I'm sure Dr. Wong has seen them. Too much yep. exercise can shorten your life. And why? Well, Dr. Wong actually mentioned at the beginning of the program, inflammation, inflammation, a lot of oxidative stress takes, you have to recover from that. Okay. And a lot of people don't and they don't take any supplements. And that's, a, that's the next question. Are supplements necessary? Uh, when you, uh, when you're in an exercise program and, uh, what, lifting, uh, lifting weights and what have you, do you, do you, how do you feel about supplements? Dr. Wong?
1: You know, without supplements, we'd have to rely on food and food ain't food. I will give you the example. The food tables that we're using right now were created in 1941. A carrot has X amount of nutrition. A potato has X amount of nutrition. A piece of beef weighing four ounces has X amount of protein, whatever. In 1973, the USDA was redoing the food tables because they knew that things had changed. The results were so bad, they got to see like carrots or, you know, cabbage, they got to see when the FDA came by and asked them to stop because the results that they were getting was that food in 1973 had one quarter of the nutrition that it had in 1941. Hmm. And they didn't want to make the health food business look good or give them any credence to sell vitamins and nutritional stuff Because that's exactly what, knowing that food was only worth a quarter of what it used to be, would do. Well, you know, if food was worth a quarter of its nutritional value that it had in 1941 by
3: 1973,
1: what's it got now? (laughs) Zilch. Zilch, exactly, (laughs) with all the synthetic organophosphate fertilizers and all the other stuff. I mean, we're basically growing food with miracle Grow. There's no minerals in there. There's no nutrition in there. There ain't no nothing. It looks pretty. There's nothing in there. So, you know, thinking that we could get all the nutrition we need from our food is a fallacy, is a lie. Just like the COVID scam has been a lie. It's foisted by the exact same people. So we do need to supplement. We need to put in at least the basic vitamins and minerals, A, B, C, D, especially E. Look up the work of Dr. Tom Kyrton. I keep on talking about Tom Kyrton, University of Southern Illinois. He was the, the, the first researcher on, on vitamin E. Found how important it was for the heart. And I will here I will undo part of what the health food industry is doing. I warn you folks, not the folks in the health food stores, but the folks who make nutritional supplements are as bad a bunch of people as the people who own the drug companies. They lie, cheat, steal, mangle things, manipulate. They don't care as long as they sell you stuff. A good many of the nutritional companies today, and I can name them if you want me to, are owned by Monsanto, are owned by Nestle, are owned by all the evil companies that you've ever heard about because they all started buying up vitamin companies back in 1999. The nutritional supplements may not be exactly what they say they are, number one, they may not have what the label says they are, number two, FDA doesn't care about that, even though the rules are that we have to be within 10% of label specs or it's illegal. FDA doesn't care about that because the less supplements work, the more you depend on medication. Now, I I brought up this whole thing about that I just did now to tell you that with the original studies on vitamin E, it wasn't with the tocotrienols. It wasn't with the toco whatever, all the other things that they're adding on to vitamin E that are making it so freaking expensive. Mm. Now you, you, you might as well sell your grandchildren to buy vitamin E. All the work that was done on the benefits of vitamin E and the heart were done with D alpha tocopherol period. That's it. Plain old vitamin E. None of the tocotrinols, none of the toco-whatever. And if you take a look at the actual content that, that the vitamin E companies, and there's only one other besides us that I know of, there's only one other legitimate vitamin E company out there in, 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 in Sugarland, Texas. Uh, but the, 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 you take a look at all these tocotrienols and stuff, and if you take a look at their actual content, it's window dressing. They put a smattering, just a pinch of it, in with the regular vitamin E to make you think you're getting something and then they charge you out the wazoo for it. So, you know, don't fall for it. On the vitamin A, there are 90, 90 to 100 different types of vitamin A. Come on. Don't do what the marathoners did. The marathoners were told by guys like like uh, 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 Sheridan, uh, who was an MD, so he he he, he should have known that Vitamin A was great for endurance, so take a lot of it. Well, these guys are turning themselves orange. They they were, they were taking carrageen uh, and carotene <laughs> until they, they, their skin turned orange, their eyes turned orange, and the orange wouldn't go away. And the orange made their livers toxic because vitamin A and vitamin D uh, are and, and niacin, when you take enough of them, are toxic to the liver. So you don't see any of those marathoners from the 1980s that are orange anymore because they all died. So, you know, you, you have to be careful about some of the advice that we're given. We have to be careful about the marketing that comes out from the vitamin and mineral companies because it's just as bad as the marketing from the drug companies. But given all of that, you still need vitamin A, you need vitamin D, you need vitamin C, you need vitamin E. You need the systemic enzymes like we have in our Zymescence. And if you want to find out why, go to YouTube and listen to the lecture, Fighting the Things Most Likely to Kill Us. We need minerals. We need magnesium. Magnesium is the most abundant mineral in soft tissue. Without it, your heart is not going to run right. Your bowels aren't going to flow. Your, 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 your muscles are going to spasm and always feel rigid. You need zinc, the most abundant mineral in soft tissue. Your, all of your epithelial tissue, your eyes, your internal organs, your your muscles, your skin, how many pounds of skin do you have? How many pounds of internal organs do you have? How many pounds of, of, of eyes and hair or whatever else do you have? And do you think that the one-ounce lab mouse dose of 15 to 30 milligrams of zinc a day is going to keep all, that, all those pounds of tissue in the zinc it needs to rebuild and replenish itself? Don't think so. So we need zinc, then we need all the other minerals. so supplementation is vitally important, especially if we 're trying to rebuild bone. You know lots of folks are taking all those uh, bone medicines, which most often don't work, but when they do, the best they offer is two to two to three percent increase a year in bone density. I can take any gal on the planet who can still walk, start a weightlifting program with her based on what she can do not not trying to break her give her three glasses of milk a day whole milk or goat's milk and in one year she will have increased her bone density 11 to 15 percent without doing anything else just the three glasses of milk a day and the weight lifting
0: okay well i i, know, Doc, I have to admit that uh, dr wong's zyme uh, essence that you can buy from uh Dr. Wong Essentials, uh, that has become a staple in the Repasy household. Uh, it, uh, as I told him prior to the show, I had a, a strain back. I just doubled up on that, and of course, I went to my son, who's a chiropractor. And um, you know, I, I'm like a 95% better in two days. Uh, I love that supplement, and he's the one that pointed out to me. You 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 know, you stop making. Uh, systemic enzymes. Uh, I could be wrong on the ages, like on twenty seven to thirty. And you know, what when is you run mean? out yep. of. Yeah, is that is. So when you run out of them, what happens? I think
3: you died. dead. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I, it, it, his recommendations are spot on. Uh, uh, and they are supplements and they, if we had great diets and good food to choose from and uh, see to table food, uh, you know, we wouldn't eat as much, but the, we are, we have pretty looking food. The fish is almost always uh, farm raised. Uh, even the, the Atlantic salmon is a farm raised fish. The Atlantic part is just a trademark name. So, you know, a lot of times you don't even know what you're eating. They, they have done DNA tests on, on different fish, and they're completely different than than stated on the menu. So we need to supplement. And I will go back and say something I've said almost every program. There have been no deaths from vitamins. Show me the bodies. Okay? There have been none. And I always quote from the 37th annual report of the American Association of Poison Control Centers, zero deaths from any vitamins okay no deaths from homeopathic remedies no deaths from herbs I could go on and on there are no bodies to be found so uh, we need to supplement and we have to look for quality not quantity this is some some place where you my opinion is uh, you know you're investing in your health so you can uh, invest in a quality supplement now or pay a, you know you're deductible for your insurance when you're in the hospital Um, I want to just talk about a couple other things before we close down, because, again, too much exercise can kill you. Uh, And this is not just my opinion. I think Dr. Wong stated it beautifully. But, you know, everybody that I know of, and I don't recommend them, but a lot of people are getting these CAT scans that measure the coronary artery calcification. Well, isn't it crazy that the Mayo Clinic published a study that found that white men who exercise at least seven and a half hours a week are 80% more likely to experience a buildup of plaque in their arteries? (laughs) Their coronary artery calcification went off the charts? I mean, there's an objective uh, study from the Mayo Clinic proving what Dr. Wong has said. You die of a heart attack. So we have to be careful of that. There are other studies that I follow uh, that, are, that are showing a favorable effect on the on the microbiome, you know, where 80% of your immunity is in your gut. Exercise can, can help with that. Okay. Uh, and contrary to what you might think, surprisingly contrary, there are studies out there that suggest that exercise, I'm talking about the crazy stuff now, may make your dementia worse. It has to do with what Dr. Wong stated at the beginning, inflammation. Okay, so uh, really important. And then I want to just make another comment because Dr. Wong has talked about rhabdomyolysis and statin drugs. And and he's right on the money. And, and he knows the statistics, which I'll, he'll tell you in a second. But there hardly was any before before uh, statins. And now it's astronomical. Maybe I'll, I'll give him another little thing to think about, is that uh, rhabdo is really crazy, ladies and gentlemen. It, and let me just give you some symptoms. Extreme muscle pain, your muscles can swell up, and it may not show up for a few days. Nausea, vomiting, feeling lightheaded, dark-colored urine, You know, which could mean that this stuff is getting into your kidneys, and that's really serious. So we know the statin drugs can, can do that. But I want to tell you that, i 've been finding studies that also cause this, and they these these involve tylenol, acetaminophen, antidepressants, the benzodiazepine drugs, and corticosteroids and a lot of over the counter pain relievers you know have some of these the and the non steroid the ibuprofen they can damage your kidneys when you exercise really at, at this intensity so the motions. I just want to. Just caution you that if you're on these the medications, uh, you really have to ask, ask your health provider if they're really needed in the first place, in which most of the time they are not. And we're finding out I had a, a dear friend that said her cholesterol, her, doc, her doctor said she has to go, a woman now, had to go on a, a statin drugs because her cholesterol was uh, 185 and too high. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is malpractice in my opinion. There's no need for a statin drug to re, to to lower cholesterol that is normal. Okay, when your your cholesterol is a hormone, it's needed for lots of uh, activities in your body, lots of processes. So, Dr. Wong, what was that? It was a, some kind of fantastic number I heard you quote one time about rhabdo and statin drugs.
1: Oh yeah, uh, before the advent of statin drugs, there were four, one, two, three, four serious cases of rhabdomyolysis in the world so seven billion people there were four yeah. cases serious cases of rhabdo in the world before statins after statins it's tens of thousands of cases
3: wow
0: and doctors have never you're...
1: seen rhabdo ever and i never then saw all of a sudden yeah i've I've had two cases, one of them serious. Uh starting freshman University of Oklahoma from uh, Glendale, Arizona. And he was uh, he was uh doing August 2 days. He was taking 30 uh 25 to 30 milligrams of creatine. And it, it, here's where 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 I have to put in my my digs. Creatine is being sold as a safe supplement. You can take tons of it. It'll help build muscle. Look at all this Russian research showing that creatine builds muscles. When the Russians did that research, they didn't care about athletes. They were doing all sorts of experiments with them. Athletes were just lab rats. If they killed or permanently injured an athlete, they would just throw them away, get another, which is what coaches here do all the time. But still, so this 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 starting freshman was taking 25 to 30 milligrams. No, excuse me, 25 to 30 grams, five to five to six teaspoons full of creatine a day. And all that creatine flow past the kidneys signaled the kidneys to start the rhabdo because it thought something was wrong. It needed to create the enzyme to dissolve his muscles. And what was happening was his rectus abdominis, his, his, his stomach muscles in the front started dissolving and turning into liquid. That liquid was going into his kidneys as almost raw protein, choking his kidneys up. He was, gonna, he was dying of kidney failure. The muscles in his thighs, his quadriceps, were dissolving away to the point where they were creating methane gas and inflating his abdomen and his thigh skin like a balloon. It was visible on the field when the kid was screaming. When they took him into the uh, surgical theater to do surgery on him, the second the, the, the surgeon put the scalpel in his skin this brown goo exploded all over the ER. They had to hose the walls and ceiling down because there was so much methane gas built up under the skin from the muscles dissolving away, and then all the liquid protein that came out from the rhabdo. It was absolutely disgusting. He could not walk without uh, uh, assistance. He He needed a walker. He could sit up but had to be careful that he didn't fall back posteriorly because he had very little in the front to pull him back down again. He he didn't have any, any, hardly any ab muscles at all. Uh, Worked in rehab. Rehab that fellow for a better part of three months before he went back home. He was doing okay, but that's what That's what a serious case of rhabdomyolysis could do. And he was lucky he didn't die of of, uh, kidney failure. He was really lucky. He was minutes away
0: well, so ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, you know, logic, imagination, common sense, uh, what you do, it, it's important, uh, especially the anaerobic exercise, which I don't, in my circle, I don't hear a lot of people mentioning it. Uh, it can, You can get the benefits of aerobic exercise with it. Plus you get the balance, the strength, your bones. Um, give it a try if you're on. Comfortable around the uh, weights or machines. Uh, most of the most of the gyms have private trainers. Okay, uh, and use your common sense. To, you know when they when they're te- telling you what to do and what not to do. Uh, if you think it's too much, uh, you know use your use your head. I mean I, that would be my uh, opinion. What what do you think about that, Doctor Will? If uh, uh, you if
1: know, uh, excellent excellent advice. Good. Many of the trainers have only worked with young and middle-aged folks, they don't exactly know their way around working on seniors. If you can find an exercise physiologist who knows his way around working on seniors, that's better than finding uh, a a certified trainer. An exercise physiologist has at least a bachelor's degree. Most of them have masters in exercise science and physical education or in biomechanics. Uh, And they know how to put, uh, how to develop a system of exercise for seniors to accomplish the goals that the senior wants to have and not hurt him. You know, injuries are always gonna happen. But if you can minimize if you can minimize the 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 potential damage from the exercises themselves then you're you're way ahead of the game.
3: Okay.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, with the inimitable Dr. William Wong. What a what a what a great man! I I told him he's my best friend, and I've never met him. Uh,
3: he, he <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he's
0: really great, and you, and he has some great great podcasts on YouTube. And then I just saw you're on Shoot now. Is that true? Yes. Yes. And uh, where else uh, can our listeners find your your uh, podcast?
1: Actually, uh, uh, on BitChute, I am at Doctor po- uh, Doctor uh, Period William Period Wong. On uh, YouTube, which my older shows up to uh, about the late last year were on on YouTube from 2016 to to, to then. YouTube started deleting my shows on COVID, so I just got really pissed at them. Uh, posted all those shows on on BitChute, and all of my shows since then have only been on BitChute, but the older information is still on YouTube at Dr. William Wong's Essentials of Life and Wellness channel. My writings can be seen at drwongsmessage.com. And anyone can, who wants the uh, supplements can go to Dr. Wong's Essentials.com.
0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, great information. Okay, we're going to have to close it down. We've taken up enough of the good doctor's time. He's uh, uh, He has another life. He has a family, and he has a business to run. Uh, but we will ask him back again because the information is invaluable. And I think today's program uh, you might want to share with your friends uh, share with uh, whoever's in charge of your lifestyles uh, in, in your communities. I think there's a lot of, there is a lot of good information today, ladies and gentlemen. If you have any uh, suggestions uh, for further programs, uh, write me a note at Doc Ron Radio, D O C R O N, Doc Ron Radio at Gmail dot com. Uh, I am also on Rumble at, uh, as Doctor Ron. I'm also on BitChute as Doctor Ron. I am. You know, I'm on uh, 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 Google, I'm on Apple, or oh, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. So wherever we can be found. we're, we're And we do this program as a health education uh, to give you information that you're not going to get from the mainstream media. Uh, in fact, a lot of the Information I was bringing to you was getting censored on my information on the ozone treatment, on uh, systemic enzymes, on colloidal silver or ionic silver. So that's why we're over at podbean.com. You'll find all 400 and some episodes on podbean. And uh, just, uh, you know, take a listen. So, Dr. Wong, thank you so much. We're going to close her down and I will be in touch.
1: Thank you for Thank having you. me on. And, folks, God bless and be well.
0: Thank you.
2: Hey, everybody, Dr. Ryan's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. And it's all about good health. He's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week. When the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in. the house, the doctor is in the
3: house, let the doctor know what's bothering
2: you, when the doctor is in the house, so if you have a pain, call the doctor, if you have a strain, call the doctor, let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week